Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. You can find all our socials at our website, bitchtalkpodcast.com. We're actually not in the heart of San Francisco this afternoon. We are in the Soma area. We're on the fringe. Yeah, we're near the ballpark. <laughs> That's where we're at. Uh, we just had a lovely interview with uh, first-time director, Sky Bergman. Um, great film called Lives Well Lived uh, that really this made just, you feel good the whole yeah, the whole way through. Pulls your heartstrings. From the first story, I was I was hooked from lucky, the first lucky story. Louis. Lucky Louie. We, um, we mentioned him often in the interview because I think he was my favorite out yeah. of all. I mean, yes. there were a lot. There were a lot, but yeah. Anyway. I, I like him a lot. He makes yeah. mozzarella first thing in the morning. We're going to go have some this year. Let's yeah. make it a point. We're going to take a little drive down San Luis Obispo is not far. Yeah, with Bonet. Um, but yeah, we, we love this film. Sky was great. She's so easy to talk to. And yeah, we love her. We love this film yeah. and we look forward to more things from her. Hello, Sky Bergman, director of Lives Well Lived. Welcome to Bitch Talk. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Um, let's let's talk about your grandmother first of all. Um, you wanted to just kind of film her in her element when she was turning 99, correct? She, or was, she was 99. She was 99 getting ready to turn 100. Yeah. yeah. And um, you wanted people to believe that she went to the gym and that she cooked these beautiful dinners. And it kind of just rolled into this film now, Lives Well Lived. Can you talk about that process? Yeah, sure. So I should start off by saying that I have never, never did any video before I videoed my grandmother. And, <laughs> Which is um, incredible, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um, I think that you know, the more personal, the more universal a story becomes. And uh, my grandmother, when she was 96, she lived in Florida. She came out to visit me for the first time in California. What and a trek she, for her! Yeah, at 90, and, that's at 96, incredible. And uh, I finally got her out here. And for the next four summers, she spent a month with me every summer, oh. and it, which was amazing. Yeah. And um, and she was an incredible cook, and, but never like any other great cook never wrote a recipe down. Of course not. Yeah. Right. Just so she memorized. I, right. Yeah. So she would say. A handful of this and a pinch of that and I'm like can I measure your hand because I have no idea <laughs> yeah, of yeah. what that recipe is so I thought well I better film her doing this the cooking because at least this way I'll have the memory of that and maybe I might be able to make some of what she makes but I just wanted to have the kind of that memory of it and that really started me filming her and learning how to shoot video and learning about sound and all that kind of stuff and then as you mentioned when she was 99 getting ready to turn 100 I went back with her for her 100th birthday party to Florida and um, she was still working out at the gym and lifting her little weights and I thought oh my god I, I better film this because nobody's going to believe that at this right. age she's still doing this and mm -hmm. she didn't I don't think she looked her age it could be my bias because I was her oh, granddaughter in the, but in the film <laughs> no you yeah. would never know and is beautiful I know, yeah. I know yeah. it's amazing yeah great genes and she didn't use anything she just washed with dove soap that was oh. it so that's the secret oh, yeah <laughs> yep and um, she um, was just so wonderful and, and was okay with me filming her and I just as a throwaway comment said to her hey grandma can you give me some words of wisdom? And that was kind of the beginning of the project. I came back from that trip and I put together this little one minute video clip of her working out at the gym and <laughs> giving me a few good laughs and, and also telling me her words of wisdom, which was like, be kind to everyone and live life to the limits. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, there's a project here. And it's not just about my grandmother, but it's about inspiring people. Mm -hmm. And I, um, 
put together an email and I send an email blast out to my friends, my family, and all the alum that I've taught through the years. I teach right. at Cal Poly in right. San Luis Obispo. So I had about a thousand people on my email list. And I said, hey, I have this crazy idea for a project. I didn't realize it was going to be a film yet. But I thought, well, if you have somebody in your life that's as much an inspiration as my grandmother is to me, then please nominate them for whatever this project is going to oh. be. Oh, and so that's that how you got, that's what I, I was going to ask. Me yeah. too. You got your, because yeah. it was 40 interviews you did over 3,000 years of, of collective experience. life experience yeah you bet i mean it was pretty amazing yeah that's cool. so. so it was like a your whole your whole village is right. part of this film a- absolutely I love that. you know you it, i did a lot of things myself but it takes a village to create something like this and mm-hmm. what a great thing to reach out to all these people and how heartwarming to get the nominations in from all these people and then i will admit that when i realized it was going to be a feature-length film i interviewed this woman marion wolf who um, yes, came yeah. over mm-hmm. on the very first kinder transport yes. from vienna austria to the UK and for those of you that don't know what the kinder transport was um, the Quakers in the UK were trying to save as many Jewish kids as they could and they actually saved 10,000 children and they took them in as foster parents and she was on the very first one she still had that cardboard number that they put around her neck at the right. age of 8 years old yes. I still get chills Two every time I so think powerful. about it yeah. 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 And, and I realized I, wow this is something much bigger than I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. and right. at first I thought the project was going to be all about wisdom and these incredible words of wisdom that I was going to get from all these elders. And then at that moment, it I realized, okay, it has to be a feature-length film because these stories are really important. And it was also the, about collecting, in addition to the wisdom and collecting that, it was also about collecting the stories of these amazing people and kind of having that historical um, reference and that historical sort of capturing that moment because that generation, they're dying off and we're going right. to lose some of that if we don't capture yeah. those stories. Especially in this political climate. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's a beautiful part of the film is the dichotomy of they've seen the worst that humanity has to offer. We're Mm -hmm. talking World War II, Japanese internment camps, but they're still so optimistic and, Mm -hmm. and, 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 and look, view life in such a beautiful way. I think, I think that's a big lesson that I took from it. Yeah. It's so easy for us to get complain and, and go to these dark places, but look at what these people have lived through and they still yep. have this beautiful outlook on life. Absolutely. And you know, I'm glad that you brought up the internment of Japanese mm-hmm. Americans because I grew up on the East coast and I had never heard about that until I moved out to this coast. Mm. Oh. And I think that, you know, nobody taught that we have whitewash history. Right. And <laughs> so mm-hmm. I realized at a certain point when I realized it was going to be a feature length film that I I really wanted to tell the story of what happened in this country. So I actually sought out Susie Edo Bauman, who is the American who was interned in a Japanese um, American camp. And I'd like to say that because I just want to reiterate the point that she was born in this country and mm-hmm. that she happened to be of Japanese descent, but we did that to our own people. She'd and I think that that was Japan, right. I mean, right. I think that that's the poignant thing about that story. And mm-hmm. you're right in that, in, especially in this political climate, we need to remember that we have done something in our past and maybe never repeat something like that in our future. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we learn from our mistakes, hopefully. (laughs) So I guess the question is too about all the historical and uh, stories that you encountered. Did you know a lot of those before going in or were some of them kind of on camera surprises, interviews? Well, most of the time I um, would hand out the or email or send over the questions that I was gonna ask everyone. I asked everyone the same 26 questions and then I would ask them to send me a bio. So I had a little bit of an idea and then I would, if when I could meet with people uh, without 
camera gear and just so that they, you know, over to your coffee and just kind of get to know them so that when I did bring my camera in, it wasn't the first time and I wasn't that intrusive. So most of them, I kind of had an idea of where I wanted the story to go. Um, but that being said, Emmy Cleves, who is the yoga instructor, oh, oh, yes. she was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Are you kidding she, me? I know, seriously. I, was saying that was, I, know. I have to say, I was sitting there with my boyfriend who makes fun of me in yoga and everything, whatever, and he's like, oh, do you do that? I'm like, are you kidding are you me? Kidding? She's light years ahead of what anything I could yeah. ever do. Watching Anyways. that, I was like, I'm just going to eat pizza. Yeah. I can't even. She's amazing. Well, the one reason that I interviewed her was because I do the Bikram Yoga and have for the last 30 years. Oh, mm-hmm. And I really, it was important to me to find somebody that also was doing that yoga. And a friend of mine knew her and um, and, and introduced us. And it's so funny because Emmy said to my friend, well, does, does this woman do yoga? Asking about me. And she said, yes, she practices every day. And she said, okay, then she can call me. That's okay. Then she's like, if she's oh, a practicing yogi, then she's, yeah. I like it. Um, but <laughs> I did not know that whole backstory about her escaping from Riga, Latvia mm-hmm. and um, being left on the train yes. and a, a platform and uh, I really interviewed her because of the yoga and when she started talking about that story uh, it uh, my jaw dropped just like everybody's does when they're watching the film and for those of you that haven't mm-hmm. seen it she talks about escaping Riga Latvia and some of the trials that she went through and then at a certain point um, her and her mom got to a train station her mom was in the train she was handing stuff up to her mom on the train and the doors of the train just closed and the train left and she was left standing on the train platform at 15 years old and I mean I just think wow what was I doing at 15 mm-hmm. and could I have handled that at 15 it's just it's incredible and I think that's another beautiful thing about talking to our elders is they have they have this wealth of knowledge and stories that they don't even remember until you start talking to them like my parents to this day will still bring up stories and I'm like what it took you 30 years to tell me that story (laughs) and it it just there's just so much to learn from them and in our culture unfortunately we don't realize that as opposed to other other cultures in the world right who treat their elders as as they should be as leaders Mm -hmm. well I think it's really interesting because um, two things one is I talked to Blanche Brown, who's also in the film, and she teaches Afro-Haitian dance classes uh, here in San Francisco every Friday night, and she's just amazing. And um, I was talking to her because she's going to be at the screening, and and I I said, thank you so much for sharing your story and for doing all this. And she said, no, I want to thank you for letting me share my story. And I think that's everybody has a story to tell if we just take the time to listen. I don't think in our technology world right now that we necessarily slow down enough to Mm -hmm. take that time to listen. Mm -hmm. But in addition to helping you, it also helps a person because they all want to, everybody wants to feel relevant and wants to feel feel heard and so the people that are telling their stories it's a lovely experience for them because sometimes they haven't been asked and just to be able to capture that I think is really an important moment for them mm-hmm. yeah I was watching the film and, and trying to pick up the like the thread of the film and the and and what keeps these people young and maybe you can speak to it too but I was thinking being curious is definitely something um, uh, wanting to learn more which feeds into the curiosity um, but also just their attitudes um, and everything they've been through are just so positive mm-hmm. did you were you finding the same things and taking your notes too or yeah you know I will say I, I 
started doing this film because I was approaching the age of 50. I'm 52 now. Mm-hmm. It took me six years to get to this point, so you can do the math. Um, but I, um, I I think that, you know, I was looking at uh, what's the second half of my life going to be like and what can I look forward to? And um, I would agree. I think that the, the three commonalities that I found in everyone was that they all look forward to doing something every day, that curiosity. Mm-hmm. They wanted to keep learning more and they wanted to keep giving back, which I think was a really mm-hmm. important thread. Um, they also had a really good support system System of either family or friends and it didn't the an interesting thing was it didn't necessarily have to be family it could be friends but they had a, they weren't loners they had that network of friends that they mm-hmm. were with and then I think the third thing as you hit upon was that they all were um, people that were incredibly positive and saw life as a glass is half full rather than half empty after having been each every one and every one of them went through something traumatic but somehow they still were able to remain positive and I think in part maybe in going through those traumatic things they had to figure out a mechanism to live through that and so that that positivity maybe comes from that really terrible tragic moment in their lives where they had to rise above that and and really do something um, to keep themselves motivated and keep themselves positive and they are still positive to this day I mean it's just remarkable to me you know I I um, I'm friends with most of them. I, I say I'm so lucky because I feel like I have 40 new grandparents and what Aww. a wonderful thing. And, um, you know, I go Lucky Louie who makes his oh, mozzarella oh, every I morning. Yeah. I was so, already tearing up at the first story. <laughs> and I want that mozzarella. Give me oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's really good. Well, he's, he's in San Luis Obispo, he's right? He's in San Luis Obispo. Oh, you're so lucky. You he was right around the corner for me. And I usually, oh. I go there about, um, I would say once a week. And if I don't go to visit him once a week, he emails me and says, where are you? Is everything oh. okay? <laughs> We need to take a road trip to visit Lucky Seriously, Louie. Seriously, yeah. He's the, I oh, mean, yeah. the sweetest man. Well, and that's another That's another thing is they all, they move. Mm-hmm. It's just as simple yes. as that. They're not sitting watching TV all day. It's it's having a purpose, having right. something to move and having a reason to live to live for. Absolutely. I mean, my grandmother had this saying, move it or lose it. And I think <laughs> that that's so true. And I think of that often if I, you know, I'm sitting on the computer and I'm doing something I'm like, okay, move it or lose it, you know, get up. I think we're, very, we live very sedentary lives. And I think all of those people, they are all on the internet. And let me tell you, they're all savvy in that way, <laughs> but they, that's not the only thing they do. And they're moving around and they're constantly active. And I think that that is a real defining um, factor for them is that they're not just sitting around. You know, as Susie says, she doesn't want to sit around and watch TV all day. I mean, even just walking up to the mailbox is, you know, that whatever, but there's some activity that she's doing and not just physically, but also mentally. I think that's important too. Uh, What were some of the surprises that you encountered during these 40 interviews? What were the, some of the surprises? Well, I that's a good question. I think the biggest surprise really was that threat of World War II. I mean, I don't know why I hadn't really thought about yeah. how impactful yeah. that was for mm-hmm. everyone. And it makes sense now looking back on it that that generation was so impacted by that. But I think that might have been one of the biggest surprises is that that was in almost every case that, that there was a traumatic incident that happened uh, that was associated with the war in some way. And, um, you know, I just I really like I said I hadn't really thought about that and then I think the other real big surprise was when I asked people um, what's your secret to living a long life you know I expected people to say oh exercise and the way I eat and you know my grandmother always used to say well I never eat processed food and you know those kind mm-hmm. of things but for the most part most people said just dumb luck genetics and it wasn't really necessarily about the food that they ate or the exercise that they did although I think that helped keep, keep 
keep them in a positive frame of mind and without positive, it was much more about their attitude and their outlook on life than about the physicality of it, which I think was a pretty big surprise. Yes, thank as well. you for that message, Sky. That makes me feel a lot better about my <laughs> taco and burger intake <laughs> and pizza. <laughs> but, but I think another really beautiful uh, point of the film is I, I think we have a stereotype of older people as being the cranky old man and, mm-hmm. and maybe that speaks to our culture's outlook on aging and just being afraid of aging and and this shows you that you age you can age so beautifully and in such a positive way and and hopefully it'll inspire people to reach out and, and call their grandparents and, and maybe not be so quick to to ignore older people well I think you know one of the things that I really hope that the film does one of the questions that I ask everybody after a screening is how many of you are thinking of somebody that would have been perfect for this film and every everyone's hands go up. I mean, that's the lovely thing about the film. It connects them to a friend, a grandparent, somebody that they're thinking of that was an inspiration for them. And I think that that's a, a lovely gift, right, when you watch the film. And I also realized at a certain point when I was doing the film that at 40 interviews, I had to cut it off or I would never finish a film. <laughs> and I mean, I could have kept going. Right. Part two. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, well, I know, maybe. And, and uh, so what I did was on the website, there's actually a place where people can share their stories. And my dream for the film is really to start a movement where we start collecting the stories of our elders. The last hundred years is the first time in human history that we have looked to anyone other than our elders for advice. And I think the world's suffering as a result. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. my dream would be get it into junior high and high schools, find a sponsor that will do that, have them watch the film, and then use the questions that I use to have a project where they have to interview somebody 75 and older. And Mm -hmm. so that's my pie in the sky dream. (laughs) We'll see. I love it. (laughs) I actually had to do that. I just remembered in elementary school, I interviewed Mm -hmm. my great grandmother. Wow. And there's a tape of it, and I'm sure it's, I hope it's not destroyed, but I would love to find that now. She was pretty badass. <laughs> That's great. Um, because you had so many interviews, are you thinking there might be a part two? Or maybe you'll list them on your webpage, maybe? Well, I don't know. what I have on the webpage right now is all the film stars. So even if they didn't, even if they weren't featured, um, they still got a credit and my favorite quote from each of the film stars. So you can go to the website and you can see okay. that. And um, I'm pitching it right now to PBS as I would love to do, you know, I have the shorter version of it, which fits their time slot. But I also, there's so much bad TV out there, reality yes, TV. Yes, agreed. How lovely <laughs> would it be <laughs> to have a reality show based on everyday people and their lives and to keep that going? So that's a, another possibility for, for the project and for the film. Wow. So we'll see. <laughs> that's so exciting. Yeah. And what, I, I have to say, I'm really jealous of you because I love hanging out with, with older people. And mm-hmm. my parents live in a retirement community. And when I go there, I'm like, these are my people. I just, it, they just, they they care very little about what other people mm-hmm. think. And they're just so... Honest? Yeah, honest <laughs> and, and just, yeah, no no nonsense. And uh, it just must have been such a pleasure to work on this film. It really was. I mean, it, it was a labor of love. Like I said, when I started it, I didn't think it was going to be a film. And it was really just about interviewing these people and kind of satisfying my own curiosity and putting together these little vignettes of these people. And it just uh, kind of exploded and mushroomed into something else. But like I said, what a joy to have 40 new grandparents that I mm-hmm. have learned from. And that I think, you know, I'll be forever changed because of the film. I and mean, one of the things that for me personally that I think I took away was to really live life in the moment. I think that we are, it, we forget to do that. We're so busy and you know, at, so many things are going on all the time that it's sometimes hard to take that moment to just breathe and look around and appreciate what we have around us right at that moment. And so I think the film has really helped me to, to do that. And what a gift. I'm 52 and I've figured that out finally. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I hope that more people, if they see the film, also get some 
some of those messages and that something resonates with them when they see the film. Last question. Are you thinking of doing another documentary or Am film? I thinking of doing are another you, documentary? Did you, have you already started? I have not started because <laughs> just getting this film out yeah. has been quite a, a quite a feat because mm-hmm. it's my first film. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, But yes, I am thinking of another film, which will be um, all about love. One of the things that I just was really drawn to in, in the Lives Well Lived was when people would talk about their significant others and how they met. And you could actually see the twinkle in their eye, whether mm-hmm. it was 50 years or five years Lucky ago. Lucky Louie. I know. Reminds- Lucky Louie. Louis exactly. Oh. And and also, you know, there are words of advice for staying in a relationship. Like I think of Santi Vasali, who talked about um, a relationship is like a rubber band. You can only stretch right. it so far. Mm-hmm. And then you have to relax it back or it may break. And so that, I think, will be the next film. Because we'll, we all want love. We all want partnership. And so how do we achieve that? That, that reminds me of another, I think I even wrote it down. One of my favorite quotes um, in the film is um, she's speaking about you can't, you can't change, change another someone. person, oh, not like, one. Yoda. <laughs> yeah, she's like we're we're beautifully exactly yeah. who we are. Or yeah. I'm messing it up, but yeah. that was I love really that powerful couple. for me. They're so sweet. They yeah. really are. Um, yeah, yeah. C.L. Bergman actually was yes. um, from Berkeley originally. Oh, okay, and I met her because she taught at UC Santa Barbara. Got it. And so she was one of my mentors, and she actually nominated her partner Ed for the film, and so hmm. that which was very interesting. Oh. And um, and then I so I went out and I because they lived in Santa Fe, and I went out and spent some time with them and then I went out again and spent a week with them and I just said you know this is really about you because you're an environmental artist and I need to have that piece of the puzzle in the film and that was when she finally agreed and so the second time I went out it was all I interviewed her and got her to she had never let anybody film her painting before or any of that and so you know there's a certain level of trust I think and I Mm -hmm. think for anyone that's going to do a project like this like I said I went without cameras and just talked to the people make them comfortable Mm -hmm. and um, and then the other big thing is and this is my teacher part of me coming out (laughs) sound is so important you know I tell my students all the time people will forgive bad image quality but they will not forgive bad sound Mm -hmm. so buy yourself a little lapel mic and get good sound (laughs) talk to to our producer it's not that expensive it's not and it will make all the difference in the world and you know that so that was those were the two things that were really important so I have to say the so I can say the correct quote she says we are all the imperfect beauty that we are yes which I love that I love it it's so so wonderful so you find someone who's as imperfectly perfect as you are yes and and then it works absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, well, Sky Bergman, thank you so much for this thoughtful film. Yeah. And we can't wait to see what's next. Well, thank you very much for having me. I really had fun. Thanks. Oh, good. We'll see you at Lucky Louie's. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you're on. <laughs> That was our interview with Sky Bergman, director of Lives Well Lived. There was a little little item we found out after the interview. Shar uh, took yoga from one of the women that was <laughs> well, I, in the film. I was in a class with Hello. Her. One of my uh, dear friends who used to own two uh, hot yoga schools here in San Francisco. Yes. Uh, I used to take yoga from religiously uh, about 10, 12 years ago. Uh, she had one of her pictures up on her wall. Okay. Of the of the and was like, it was like her practicing yoga on like her 90th birthday or whatever it was. And um, I remember taking an early class from uh, from Mary, uh, and there was a woman at the corner. And then after the class, Mary was just <laughs> like, 
do you know how old that woman is? <laughs> and if she was, yeah, she must have, she was then in probably the 80s. 80s, uh, yeah. probably like late 80s yeah. at that point. But it was Jesus. insane because you were yeah. just like, she was doing crap that, like, I, at that point, I was it was early in my practice. I could barely touch my toes. It was like know? yoga boot camp from how uh, Sky describes it. Yeah. But uh, hopefully you can find the film near you. I guess uh, Sky was saying they thought maybe they'd get into like how many? She's Seven. saying maybe twenty to thirty. Oh yeah, twenty to thirty. And they're in seventy-five. Yeah, over seventy. So yeah, yeah. So they're making their rounds, and I would strongly encourage. I was going to bring this up too. We never have enough time with our guests, but Sky, the conversation flowed so easily. We could have talked to her easily for another yeah, half we hour. To, we talked with her for what ten more minutes? Yeah, 15 minutes afterwards, afterwards yeah. we kept going. Yeah, but um, I actually interviewed my parents. Uh, about oh, 10 years ago yeah. I interviewed my grandmother as well Who has now passed And I if, if, Even if you're not going to record it Just sit down And ask them these questions That you would ask a stranger And these are things That you often don't know About people that you've Lived with Family right. uh, I would highly encourage it And uh, And they have so much to share And No matter who it is We all have stories And And just sit down Sit down with the people you love And ask them these questions Because we often overlook the smallest questions that you can learn a lot about a person through. So, right. By the way, we're at a nice little margarita bar. <laughs> we're at a margarita bar that doesn't put salt on the margarita when you ask them four, five, people four or are, five times. People are kind of looking at us funny. Is it? Is it the big mics? It's the big maybe mic. it's the big black mic that we're holding in our yeah. little yeah. brown well, hands. Maybe because we don't have salt on our margaritas, and that's weird too. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> anyway, anyways, uh, please check out Lives Well Lived in a theater near you, and we'll talk soon. Bitch, please. <laughs> <laughs>